Hi, I'm Ben Pilgreen, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the bay or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. Epic family, why is it that two people can be going through very similar circumstances, yet have two very different outlooks and responses to those circumstances? How is it possible that some people can remain optimistic under the most dire situations, yet you have others who can feel like life is falling apart when facing what most of us would call small challenges? Some might say that the difference is because of personality, but we all know that even the most chill personalities, speaking for myself, can buckle under the pressures of life. I believe that the difference boils down to hope. Now, that's not a surprise to you because of the series that we've been in. And here's the thing, guys. As your pastors, we wish that we could spare you from the difficulties of life. But because we can't, we have been bringing this message of hope, not just these past two weeks, not just today, not just for this season, but we believe that this has been our trend, the entire life of Epic's history of bringing the hope message of Jesus, because we can't spare you from the difficulties of life. We couldn't spare you from a global pandemic. We couldn't spare you from an economic downturn. We couldn't spare you from the racial injustice that we've witnessed in our country this year, and we can't spare you from whatever it is you're going through, whether it's marital issues or other problems. Here's the truth. Tragedy and pain will come to us all. But how we go through those hard moments is determined by our hope. By our hope. A couple of weeks ago, I was able to get my hair done. I don't talk much about my hair, but... um, I was able to get my hair done after a long time. Um, I've been seeing the same woman since 2011. And so the last time I saw her to get my hair touched up and twisted was in February, right before all these restrictions. So we had quite a bit of catching up to do. So as I sat down, of course, with my mask on, I just asked her, hey, how have you been? What's been going on? And how have you been processing all that's been happening in our world over these past couple of months? And she just began to share quite honestly and quite openly of how hard it's been financially. The fact that she wasn't able to work for five months and she was finally able to open up her shop in September, but now she's limited herself to two clients a day just because of all the guidelines and restrictions. And then she began to share of how fearful she's been and the pain that she has suffered 
at witnessing all of the racial injustice that we've seen this year. And the fear as a 55-year-old black woman of living with that and then seeing the emboldenment of others, that's something that kept coming up. And as she's sharing all this, just tears just began to flow from her face, from her eyes, down her face. The pain of this season was very much raw. But here's the thing, guys. Through the tears and as her voice is just crackling, trying to get words through, I could still hear hope in her words. I could still hear hope in her words despite all that pain. And I'm like, I, I just had to ask her. I'm like, how can that be? It sounds like you're hopeful. What is that? Why is that present? Tell me. And she said, you know what, Will? You're right. I am hopeful. When I think about where I came from and where, when I see all that God has done, done in my life, I know that he has a plan for my life and my future, and I'm going to step into it. I'm going to pursue it. And I was like, wow. Whether she realized it or not, guys, she described hope to a T. That's what hope is. Hope is confidence in the good future that God has for us because he has shown himself to be faithful to us in the past. Hope is a confidence in a good future that God has for us because he has shown himself to be faithful to us in the past. Hope looks back in order to move forward with confidence and joy. And guys, we know this by now. We all need hope. Each and every single one of us needs hope. That's why Proverbs 13, 12 declares, hope deferred makes the heart sick. To give up on hope makes you sick. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm sick, I don't want to do anything. Anything. My passion and my energy to do anything whatsoever evaporates. It's gone. That's what happened when we lose hope. And that's why Dostoevsky wrote, to live without hope is to cease to live. And another theologian, Emil Bruner, wrote this. What oxygen is to the lungs, such as hope to the meaning of life. So let me ask you today, do you have hope? Do you have breath in your lungs? Are you alive and filled with a confident expectation for the days ahead? If not, there's hope for you. Today, I want to share with you three essential ingredients or three essential practices that the Apostle Paul gives us that are needed to gain hope and to cause it to remain. For our main passage for today is just one verse, Romans 12, 12. And I want us to memorize this verse. It's 10 words. I believe we can do it. And I believe as we memorize it and we meditate, it, meditate on it throughout our day, throughout our weeks, throughout this season, it will be life-changing for us. This is what the verse says. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Say it with me now. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Now let's tackle these one at a time. The first one, joyful in hope. What does it mean to be joyful in hope? Well, one translation puts it this way. Let your hope make you glad. 
Let your hope make you glad. Here's what Paul, the author of Romans, is saying to us. If you are confident that God has a good future planned for you, that should bring a smile to your face from time to time. Let's put it like this. Picture this. Picture that you have a need, right? You have a need, and someone that you know has the means to take care of that need. And that person tells you, you know what? I know you have this need. I've got it. I'm going to take care of it. What happens at that point? At the moment that they say they're going to take care of it, they haven't done anything, but I'm sure as those words come out of their mouth, what happens? It brings a smile to your face because in your mind, it's as good as done. It's as good as done. Well, get this. The most loving and powerful being in the universe tells you and me, I've got you. There's nothing for you to worry about. I've got you. If that doesn't bring a smile to your face, I don't know what will. As Pastor Ben said last week, we need to bring that future into our present. That's hope, that bridge between the future and the present. When I started to think about this message and prepare for it, I knew in my spirit right away that I wanted to talk about two things, patience and perseverance. And we're still going to talk about those two things because they come up in this passage. But I, what I didn't realize until I came across this passage in my time of study was that I was forgetting a third essential ingredient as it relates to hope, and that is joy. You see, you can be patient and persevering and hope, but miserable in the process. And as we all know, that could only last for so long. That could only last for so long. If we are not in good spirits, it's, it's, a, it's a grind on life. It, it, if bitterness and frustration is upon us, it just wears on our patience and soon erodes our hope. But hear this. It says in the scripture that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That it's his joy that gives us the strength and the endurance to push through whatever circumstances we might be facing. The bitterness, the frustration, anger towards life and circumstances, it's just going to wear us down. But we need joy. So what does it look like to be joyful in hope? Well, when I think about this for myself, I'm always reminded of a lesson my wife would share with our kids. When my wife was homeschooling our kids, she incorporated into her curriculum a lesson on virtue. So one week she would teach on and model and help the kids practice, let's say, attentiveness, how to be attentive with people. The next week it might be kindness. But the lesson I remember the most is the one on patience. Now, you're probably thinking, hold on, we haven't gotten to the patient and affliction part yet. That's true. But all of this goes together. These three parts that Paul is talking about, it's all a description of hope. They all come together. And here's my wife's definition of, hope, of patience that she would share with the kids. It goes like this. I wait and I wait and I wait with a smile. I love that definition. I wait and wait and wait with a smile. Come on. If you are a parent and your child is waiting for you to finish something up, but yet in the process they are just huffing and puffing and letting you know that they're not enjoying themselves, they are not waiting patiently, right? 
they are not waiting patiently. As Ben shared two weeks ago, that I don't get excited about titles, but I'm excited about this one. It's waiting with a smile. Are you waiting and waiting and waiting with a smile? That's not just describing patience. That's a statement about hope. That's taking the three ingredients we're talking about today, joy, patience, and perseverance, and combining it into one. Are you waiting with a smile? Now, at this point, I think it's important for me to acknowledge that for some of us, it's really hard for us to swallow this idea that we are to be joyful in the midst of difficult circumstances. I, I understand that to many, a message like this can feel like escapism. It can feel fake. But as Pastor Ben shared two weeks ago, no, we're, we're not trying to tell you to deny the facts or deny reality. No, let, let's face the facts, but let's keep the faith. Let's hold on to hope. And I believe the reason we stumble over this idea of being joyful in hope is because we can't imagine that sorrow and joy can coexist. We can't imagine. We don't, we, we, we don't understand it. We believe that they are mutually exposed. Exclusive. We believe that we can only be deeply sorrowful or deeply joyful at a given time. But guys, hasn't this season taught us that that's not true? As hard as this season has been, there's so much to be thankful for. And we have been living in that tension of sorrow and joy for months. One of the hardest questions that you can get or that you can ask someone in this season is how are you doing? Right? How are you doing? It's like, good, but not good, right? It's that messy middle that we've been in. We know that sorrow and joy can coexist because we've been living it for most of us. We've been living it. Or just think about this. Pastor Ben shared this last week as well. Jesus and his path to the cross. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He was able to endure the suffering of the cross because of, his, of the joy that his mission was bringing. Sorrow and joy can coexist. So let's not give up on joy because we are in a hard and painful season. Let's be joyful and hope. Again, the way we do this is by remembering God's past goodness and faithfulness in our lives. The fact that he came through before should give us confidence that he will come through again. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Be sure to take some time today and do this regularly to reflect or jot down on a piece of paper how God has been present in your life. And I want you to celebrate that. Celebrate it. And let it build up your hope and joy that the same God that was faithful then is faithful today and will be faithful tomorrow. Let me share what this looks like for me and my wife. From time to time, my wife and I will just think about what God has done in our lives. And this is not a planned thing that we do, but there'll be times I could be walking around our condom and think, can you believe that we live here? We have a miracle story for housing, and we're blown away by that. Or we could be talking about Aren't you thankful how God 
brought us through that hard season in our marriage. And things are good right now. And we're blown away. Or we talk about the favor that God has given us to be a part of this church community. And for me to be able to serve and pastor and be a part of the staff team. Can you believe what God has done? Or for my wife, who had this dream, a crazy dream, to start a school in a city that would be perfect for her kids. A, a school that did not exist within a mile of the city. But she's like, if it's good for my kids, it might be good for others. And to see that dream become a reality and to see that school thriving now into year two, doubling the amount of kids they had last year and our kids thriving. Wow, God. Wow. To use the words of my loctician, that's what she calls herself, the girl who does my hair. When I think about where I came from, guys, I'm just a Puerto Rican kid from the projects of Newark, New Jersey. When I think about my wife's parents, two immigrants from El Salvador who risked it all, literally, for a better life for themselves and for their families. How can I not look back and that not put a smile on my face and give me confidence that God is with me today and he will be with me tomorrow? That's my story. What's your story? It's going to look different, but I'm telling you, if you just look back, confidence and joy to step into the future. But not only does Paul encourage us to be joyful in hope, but we are to be patient in affliction. As we've already mentioned, patience has to do with waiting. In fact, the King James translation of the Bible, which is one of the oldest English translations of the Bible, I love how it translates the original language. Instead of patience, they use the word long-suffering. Long-suffering. Patience is the ability to suffer for a long time. Now, with our on-demand and instant gratification culture, we have lost this ability. I've confessed and I've told you guys before, I suffer when I am in lines and when I'm in traffic. I, I just can't stand to be in a long grocery store line or, or to be at a theme park or to be stuck in the Bay Bridge traffic. I admit it. I confess it. But what about you? Are you able to suffer for a long time? Are you able to wait patiently for God's promises? And here's a very important question to ask yourself. Do you have the endurance to be able to get through your current circumstances with your faith intact? Guys, what I have discovered, we need to be patient. And here's why. What I have discovered is that the gap between the promise of God and its fulfillment is always much longer than I had anticipated. The promise of God and its fulfillment is always much longer than we anticipate. And this was the case for many biblical characters that we know. Abraham waited 25 years from the promise that he would have a son to its fulfillment. 25 years. 
Joseph waited 13 years, 13 years for his dream to become a reality. And then there's Moses. Moses waited 40 years before he could actually deliver the, his people from Egypt. As some of you have heard said before, if God has you waiting, you are in good company. You are in good company. Now, while none of us like waiting, one thing we have to remember is that waiting is not a waste of time. It's, it's not a waste of time. It is only in the waiting that God is able to produce and grow certain things in us. It, it's in the waiting that he forms and prepares us for what's ahead. And that's exactly what he was doing with many of the biblical characters that I just mentioned, with all of the biblical characters that, that I just mentioned. God is producing and creating and forming things in us that will take us into the future. Here's another thing we have to remember. Waiting doesn't mean that we are doing nothing while we wait. Pardon the double negative, but waiting doesn't mean that we are doing nothing while we wait. Have you ever asked yourself why servers at a restaurant are called waiters? Maybe it's something that I only think about. But a waiter that does nothing is not going to get their 18 or 20% tip. And even if they do, out of the kindness of your heart, you will never go back to that restaurant. No, the best waiters are attentive to the needs of their guests. That's what to wait on someone means. It's to attend to them. The best waiters are servants. And the Bible has an amazing picture of this, of what this looks like. Psalm 123.2. I love this verse. It says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. Do you see what the psalmist is saying here? As attentive as a servant is, with his or her master, that with just, I want you to picture the servant back against the wall, the master sitting at a table with others. The servant is attentive. That with just a lift of the finger, a lift of the hand, it causes them to move and to respond. That just as their eyes are glued to their master and their master's hand, so my eyes are glued to God in my season of affliction. I am glued to him. I am looking at him, waiting for him, attentive to him. Here's what this means to, to me. Although I'm in need of great mercy in this season of trials and challenges, I am still attending to my God, that I can still serve God and his people while I wait, that I can still praise him and thank him while I wait, that I'm not just doing nothing, but I am actively waiting on my God. Waiting doesn't mean that we are doing nothing while we wait. We are active in the process. And hear me say this. We wait on God to do something for us, but we never have to wait for God to be with us. We might be waiting on God to do something for us, but we never have to wait on God to be with us. He is right with us in our difficulties, bringing us his comfort, bringing us his joy right where we are. For our response song after the message, Seth is going to lead us in a song that he wrote earlier this year. 
And it just declares, God, I will wait on you. Come and do whatever you want to. That's what it looks like to be patient in affliction, to trust in him and to worship him in the process. So again, our verse says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. I believe this one, faithfulness in prayer, persevering in prayer is the engine that keeps us going, that keeps hope alive in us. I don't know about you, but the moment that I stop praying, it's just a sign that I have given up on hope or given up on Jesus, at least in that specific moment or in that area of my life. But here, Paul is reminding us not to give up, that we are to be like the persistent widow who keeps begging and demanding justice until it's given to her, that we are to be reminded of the words of Jesus to keep on asking and keep on seeking and keep on knocking. For hope to remain, it requires perseverance. Guys, we know that for us to accomplish anything of significance, it requires grit. We need grit in prayer. And I believe that the problem also lies why we stop praying is many times we don't ask God for things because we don't want to be let down when we don't receive what we ask for. But that just shows, guys, that we don't know who God truly is, that he is a good and loving father who cares for us. I think about my, my boys. My boys have no issues asking me for things, especially the youngest, Noble. And in fact, the oldest one is constantly telling him to go ask us for things. But he will ask us for the same thing every day. And we could say no, and he's fine. But he will continue to ask because he knows that I have the best intentions for him, that I love him. God loves you and he cares for you. So keep on asking. Keep on asking. Check out this excerpt I read in a devotional the other day. It says this. How is your prayer life? Prayerfulness shows our dependence on God. And prayerlessness shows our lack of dependence on God. This is a brutal reality, but it's the truth. We can claim to depend on God or we can claim to have hope in God, but it is always demonstrated by a life of prayer. Guys, in order for hope to remain, we have to be faithful in prayer. And so this is how I want us to close out. I want us to close out in prayer. I'm going to pray that God will help us, that we will encourage each other as a church community to be joyful in hope, to be patient in affliction, and to be faithful in prayer. But first, I want to just give you a few seconds for you to pray out loud to God, for you to say, God, I need your help. Help me and just fill in the blank. It doesn't matter what's been true in the past. Today, let's start coming to God, trusting in him, and starting that pattern of faithfulness and prayer. So just say, God, I need your help. Help me fill in the blank. Let's pray.
God, I need your help. Each and every single one of us need your help. We're not trying to live this life alone. We need you, God, to come through. Would you help us get through this season with our faith in you, strong and intact? Would you help repair marriages where there's hurt and brokenness? Would you help heal bodies that are sick? Would you help restore relationships? Would you help God bring necessary resources and funds where there's lack? God, we trust in you. And today, God, we pray that you will help us to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. God, that we might be able to go through any circumstance in life knowing that you've been with us in the past and that you will be with us as we move forward. Help us, God, to wait and wait and wait with a smile. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Epic family, at this time, Seth is going to lead us in this song, again, that he wrote early on in this season. Actually, just, I believe, the week that he arrived from Atlanta. And again, it's a powerful song for us in this season. Let the words resonate within you and let them come out of your mouth and build up faith and hope in you. And tell your God, I'll wait on you. Do whatever you want to. Let's worship. Thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. I want to also encourage you to download the Epic SF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco. 